0: Welcome to Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. I'm your host, Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist and President and CEO of Paradium. My teams and I redefine success for purpose-driven families and businesses by challenging social norms and balancing family and finance to build kingdom impact and Hello, everyone. Welcome. This is Eric L. Donovan, the Mindset Disruption Strategist. We are here for another episode of Redefining Success. And joining me today is Don Moore. I I just got to tell you, you know it's going to be an awesome day when his website says Distinctively Christian Business Leadership. And he's also author of the book of What If Jesus Carried a Briefcase. He's CEO and president of the Miracle Restaurant Group, And I just know we're going to have an incredible conversation today. So, Don, thank you so much for joining me.
1: I'm very happy to be here.
0: (laughs) So, Don, I highlighted this a little bit, but my first question is always the same. We're hanging out in my backyard. It's a Saturday afternoon. I've got the grill fired up. I've invited all of my friends over. My friends are my listeners. Would you please introduce yourself to my friends?
1: Yes, I'm very happy to be here. Um, Again, my name is Don Moore. I'm married to Elizabeth. We have four daughters. Hmm. Madeline is age 22, who got married in June and is now in Cincinnati, Ohio, um, where she is pursuing a uh, graduate degree at the Conservatory of Music at the University of Cincinnati. She is a violin performance major. Uh, My daughter, Melissa, is a student, a junior at Loyola here in New Orleans. And she is a music major and in the spring is going to go to Rome to do a study in the Thomistic Institute. Um, My daughter, Melody, is 18. Melody Dawn, D-A-W-N, is uh, our special needs child. She has Down syndrome and uh, is a wonder. And Mercy Grace is our 13-year-old. And you can see by my hair, you might be wondering why I have a 13-year-old. And the answer is mercy, Grace. The name. <laughs> but she is a treat and a beauty. Um, I have a son by a previous marriage. Uh, my son, Jeremy, who is uh, working with me in our business. Um, we are a franchisee of Arby's, roast hmm. beef restaurants. And um, we have about 30 restaurants in uh, five different states. Wow. And I've always enjoyed the hospitality business. So, um, that's a little bit about me. Um, that's good. <laughs> that's good.
0: Don, t- tell us a little bit. What are you passionate about?
1: Yeah. Um, I've been thinking about that question. You know, uh, you ask good questions. That's a <laughs> tough one. Um, and the caveat usually is, you know, trying to not talk about the business. Um, and so I'm passionate about God mm. and the way I frame that, because that could be a stock answer, but the way I frame that is that, um, over the years, I've had a lot of training in different things, different companies that I've been with. And at, at various times people would say, are you in balance? or Are you out of balance? And what they meant by that is like, you know, well, how is your sleep? How is your um, exercise life? How is your financial life going? How is your family life going? How's it going with your spiritual life? As if it's all a slice of a pie. Hmm. And I've discovered that spirituality and the pursuit of the Lord is not a slice of a pie. God did not create you as a schizophrenic. God created you as a unity, as a whole, that he loves unbelievably. and He gave you mm. talents and dreams and desires. He knit you together. And when you discover the who that is behind you, and that informs your life, then all of those pieces of the pie fit together. Mm. So my business, which consumes a lot of my day, at one time I did a speech and I was thinking about how do we spend our time And I found on a Google search that we spend 55% of our awaking time at work Mm. and an hour eating, thank God for fast food. We spend (laughs) an hour and a half caring for others and so forth. But the reason I wrote the book was if you're going to find God and you're going to discover God in your entire life, maybe you ought to look where you spend 55% of your time Mm. and say, can I find God in my work? But Mm. to go back to the question, what am I passionate about? I'm passionate about discovering who God wants me to be. Am I on that path or not? And what can I do to get closer to the goal, as Paul said, which is the upward call of Christ that has laid hold of me, right? So Mm. it informs my family. I love my family immensely. Do I love my family? And I love my Lord. I love my business. I love the people that I work with and the customers that I have. You know, in love, we throw around a lot. I greatly enjoy. Another thing about passion is I heard a a speaker once say, what's your why? And Mm -hmm. I hated that question, right? (laughs) What's your why? Uh, But it's a good question. And, And a why is the kind of thing that you find the time to do. Regardless of resources, regardless of how busy you are, you always seem to find the time. Mm. And I have found the time because it's valuable to spend time daily in contemplation of the Lord. That's what Mm. I do. So it informs to the best that an imperfect me can draw upon my training of understanding the Bible and the Lord's call. That's what I'm passionate about, bringing him more into my life and less of me.
0: Yeah, that's so good. But Don, tell me, I can't imagine that your life has always been like this. can't no. imagine that this is the journey you've always been on. So could you tell us a little bit about how you get from here to there?
1: Yeah, I, uh, uh. I have a lot of scar tissue, right? (laughs) Um, I've been around the track a lot. I mean, the difference uh, is in in gaining experience and wisdom is um, showing up. You know, number one, having a mind that is questing and understanding. Um, There was a period of time when when, um, I got out of college and I had a view of success that was uh, incomplete. It was I wanted a nice car i wanted to live in a nice neighborhood i wanted to be a person with a title i wanted to have money i wanted to have the trappings of success and i pursued that um someone once said you know be careful what you wish for for you will surely attain it Mm -hmm. and so i spent time and energy in going after that and i was on the road to that but it began to ring hollow with me um My parents didn't take us to church all the time. We would go sometime. It made enough of an impression with me. Years later, when I was a young man, I would sit on a porch where my parents were living and I would talk uh, with my father about God, not in a deeply theological way, but he would share with me what he thought of God and so forth. And those were important. Um, But then I hit... um, is everyone who counts on the world. I hit some rough spots and those rough spots caused me to contemplate at a deeper level, what the heck was I doing? Mm. And there were passages in the Bible that used to bother me. I was reading the Bible mostly to look for the loopholes, but there was passages that would say, um, <clears throat> lay up treasures in heaven. Yeah. Well, you know, what's that? What does that mean? You know, um, telling the rich young man to sell everything and give it away and follow me. You lack one thing. Um, and you come up against those and you go, how does that jive with who I'm trying to be? Mm-hmm. And then you discover that as you collect things and and some money may come to you, that it doesn't solve any of the real problems that you're facing as a human being in the emotional side of yourself. So there was that emptiness that St. Augustine said, there's an emptiness in our hearts that's only solved by you, God, when we come home to rest with you. And so then I began, this was maybe 30 years ago, I began to try to say and dig deeper. What is it, Lord? What what do you want from me? And and then I began to read the Bible, not for the loopholes, because I saw myself in them and I didn't like what I was seeing. Mm. And so then the prayers became, change me. Show me how I can move into a different direction. Um, I didn't have a very good understanding of uh, the Trinity. I didn't have a very good understanding of Christ. And I remember a prayer once that was, Lord, show me Jesus. Show me Jesus. And it was like drinking from a fire hose. It was really, God's a good giver. So so over the last 30 years has been this movement and then 20 years ago, I uh, got it, uh, into this Arby's business and I became uh, the managing owner of it. <clears throat> and I was really digging deep then into um, wanting to um, share what I was learning about the gospel with other people. And I was thinking that I would um, sell the business and become a minister. Mm. And uh, it was I was wrestling with that in a big way because... I actually am not a bad businessman. I'm, I'm bad, not in, you know, qualitative sin, not sin, but uh, I have skills. Yeah. And, um, and so I kept coming to, you know, God gifted me in this way. Um, and, and then there are things that I do well as a Christian. I like to talk about God. I like to uh, preach. I like to have conversations Uh, with other business leaders and other people about God and the Bible. I just enjoyed that. But there's so much more to being a minister than that. And Mm. those things I don't have necessarily as being gifts to me. So I was struggling with, am I asking for something that I'm really not gifted in? Um, And I was was on a flight on a Sunday, um, going out west to Denver. We had some stores in the Colorado area at the time and I had my Bible with me, and uh, I'm a bit of an introvert, and I find that if you pull a Bible out on an airplane, you're going to be left alone. <laughs> <laughs> so I had my, my trusty Bible out to do that, and the guy plopped down next to me, and he said, oh, I have one just like it, and he pulled out. His was red. Mine was blue or black, and it ended up that he was a chaplain in the Air Force, and so oh, really? poor poor guy. So for three hours, the introvert became the extrovert. And I was peppering him with questions that ultimately ended up being, what about someone like me? Hmm. And uh, what's God going to, you know, what should I do? And he looked at me like, you know, I was a crazy guy, which maybe I was. And he said, "Um, God has use for businessmen too. Hmm. And it was like, oh my goodness gracious, really? He said, Who do you think funds the churches? Who do you think steps up? Not that everybody doesn't give, but for those who have been given a lot, they give a lot. And so if your skills and your interests are both, you can be a godly business person. Mm -hmm. And hence the genesis of what did Jesus, what if Jesus carried a briefcase? And so from that point on, I started to distill um, how to bring God into my work more overtly. And I came up with the phrase, you can't be the business leader, you are meant to be apart from God. Mm. When God is a part from your work, mm. not when he is a part of, right, when he's apart from, right. So, <clears throat> so then I, I said about trying to find books on the matter, because I read books. And for whatever reason, I couldn't find any, now there, I found them since there are plenty. Okay, mm-hmm. but maybe I needed to write the book. <laughs> so when I, I couldn't find much, and I said, "Okay, I'm going to write a handbook. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do it in the form of a devotional, because what I had discovered with conversations with other business leaders is that there was a hesitancy to really dig deep in the Bible, mm. and the Bible is God's own word, yeah. and and. So I said, I'm going to write a book that's a devotional. It's a weekly devotional. And this is not a plug for the book, by the way, but this is just what it was. And I'm going to begin each chapter with more than the snippet of scripture that is usually part of anybody's devotional. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get paragraphs um, because I want God to speak in his own words. When the other reason is, as a business person, we have a meter, a BS meter that starts to go up and down when we're we're being told something that uh, seems to not be what it was uh, spoken as. And so I'm going to give enough in, the, in my devotional, I hmm. said, so that the reader gets the context. Because you can take a, a verse from the Bible isolated and do about anything you want with it. But when yeah. it's yeah. evaluated within the context of the immediate story, And then when it's also linked to the other stories, because the Bible is one story from Genesis to Revelation, then that allows a reader to begin to understand that this isn't a BS. Now, what does this really mean to me? And the other thing I wanted to do was demystify it. So. Mm. so that if someone actually was able to read instead of a chapter that begins with, you know, 17 generations of this and that and begat right. and begot, right? that if someone could read just a part of a story or a part of a song, um, and then I would link that to a business activity that everyone mm-hmm. does, whether you're the CEO, the CFO, the COO, whether you're a department head or a vice president, I put together 12 kind of universal activities of a business leader from the bit from the mission, the culture, increasing revenues and sales to anticipating trouble, managing the balance sheet, recruiting people, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a dozen of these. And I linked each of those then to passages of scripture. And then I would have just a small part in the devotion that would indicate often to think about God when you're approaching a problem of um. Trouble has come knocking on your door. What do you do when that happens? Mm-hmm. Or what do you do if the sales are inadequate or the resources are inadequate for your business? Because every business needs them. To just encouraging and so forth. And the next thing, yeah, it's like two and a half years of writing. But the next thing was the book was finished, and um, uh, and I was very pleased with the results. So that was a long answer, but that, <laughs> that's what I'm passionate about. Yeah. And that's what on every day is to try to bring those same principles into my business even now,
0: even now. So how have you found that to be? I mean, sometimes people um, are a little reluctant to do that, you know, just you don't know what to think. And especially in today's world, sometimes you get a little bit of, you know, there's this worry about, or what am I, what's, what are my employees going to think if I bring God or anything into the workplace? Tell us what, what's your experience been like from that standpoint?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, every business is different. The beautiful thing about the hospitality business is the Bible is full of meals. Mm, okay? yes. So when I speak to my employees, uh, I, I often begin with Abraham entertaining God and the two angels. And he prepared a meal for them. And then I link that to the book of Hebrews where it says, uh, never uh, hesitate to be hospitable to people or entertain strangers because by so doing, some have entertained angels. Mm, mm. And then I'd link back to them that we're in, we're in that business. And I will link back to them that, you know, w- it's work for us. And the restaurant business is hard work and the fast food business is hard work. But that across the counter from us is someone today who stopped by to see us. Maybe they were hungry, probably most of them. But some of them needed a moment to collect their thoughts about something that was going on. They wanted to delay getting to the next place that they were going. They needed that moment to gather themselves. Maybe they were coming back from the hospital or on their way to the hospital or the funeral home or something was going on. And we can either present to them a happy face, a smiling face and lighten their load Or we can become an additional burden to them. Why do we not want to lighten their load so that we can do those things? And so that's one way that I do it. I link a godly principle of being someone charitable in heart and action to another person that we don't even know and may never see again, but also linking it to the value. I tell them there is not another business that I'm aware of where you can meet so many people on a daily basis and make a positive impact on their life. That's why I'm in this business. Hmm. I knew that when I was 18 years old and I was thinking I want to be in the restaurant business. It took a while to do that. I became a CPA and I was CEO and CFO of a number of big companies, et cetera, et cetera. But eventually I got back to the restaurant business because it is hospitality at its core. Hmm. That's one way that I do it when we go through difficult times, this recession right now is, well, it sucks. Okay. This is, this is all right. So from the pandemic in the, in the restaurant industry, everybody knows, you know, thank God we had drive-throughs. Yeah. Um, And so we did better in in that year. Um, But then when the world reopened, a lot of people didn't want to go back to work. Well, I need employees. And so we've struggled for, probably 30 months in trying to get all of our dining rooms reopened so that we act and look like a restaurant to people. Um, inflation has been incredible, incredible in the restaurant industry. As this is directionally correct. Before the pandemic, 20 pounds of roast beef that we would buy cost us, I think, a hundred dollars. So mm-hmm. we would cook, it was 20 pounds or 40 pounds, which, whichever they come in. And, Seven months later, it was $150. Wow. You can't pass that price on to customers that quickly. And so profits went down, all of this. Um, And so I'm having conversations with my team about we need to really, you know, now pay more attention to the details. And, but in all of it, I talk about God has found more in the battle Hmm. than he is in the good times. That that when we're um, in the thick of things and um, we have to lean on him, it's a great opportunity to learn to trust. Um, Recently, I've, I've, I've been thinking of my role as the shepherd of a flock Mm -hmm. and, uh, and my flock includes my employees and my family and my creditors, my vendors, all of these people, they're my flock. And um, I, I have been pondering what does that mean really um because jesus had a lot to say about bad shepherds okay he is a good shepherd right so if you want to be a shepherd you need to be in that category and not in the other so um uh and my my musings and my meditation on that have revealed that um i want my flock to be fruitful Hmm. okay So what's my why? My why used to be I want to be a godly businessman who treats everybody with respect. Our company's mission statement is to sow seeds of uh, opportunity to our employees, to share the blessing of hospitality to all of the people that come in contact with our business and to conduct our affairs in such a way that it brings glory and honor to God. But I'm not changing that. But the nuance of that as a shepherd is I want us to be fruitful. Hmm. I want us. Fruitful, God wants the flock to have wool and mm. to give milk. Okay. Mm. He wants fruit. He doesn't want the flock to be barren or sterile. Right. So right. I fight every day for us to bear fruit, and that good fruit is in the form of good hospitality. It's in the form of um, preparing the food the way it's supposed to be, to taking care of the assets that were given to us, etc. But that's where I've migrated lately is how do I how do I act as the shepherd of this flock, knowing that someday I'll give an account to the good shepherd mm. who has entrusted these people and these things into my care.
0: Don, before we came on the show, you and I were visiting a little bit kind of about the season that you're moving into. You described this as shepherd, but the other word that I would also kind of use with you is more steward only mm. because... Um, Stuart is a temporary manager and you were talking about the fact that you're getting your son Jeremy ready to kind of come in and run this there's a great book secular book not a Christian book but written by um, Simon Sinek called the infinite game which talks about Mm. the idea that you are either playing a game for a finish line for yourself that you win. Or you're playing an infinite or I like to say an eternal game where you're simply a temporary shepherd or steward of the business and getting ready to pass the baton to the next person that comes behind you. And it seems kind of that's the place that you are. What are you learning most in this this portion of the journey, knowing that it's just kind of beginning? But what are you already beginning to see and learn as you kind of move into this new season?
1: Yeah, well, when I got into this business uh, 22 years ago, I was thinking I was going to have it for five years and flip it. Make mm. a lot of money and then do something else. All right. So that was 22 years ago. <laughs> 18 years ago, uh, Melody Dawn was born mm. and that changed that. Um, and so I began to think that this business, if it's nurtured, can continue through her lifetime. Mm. Okay. It's very difficult for a business to make three generations. Right. Yeah. It's very impossible. Very hard. But if I can structure this business and God is willing, then this can become an income for her um, and she won't be a burden on the family or otherwise. Sure. And and I do like this business. So the idea of selling it at some point, harvesting, and there's a chapter in my book on harvesting and pruning. I mean, it's it's the normal way of life to do that. And then lo and behold, 10 years ago, Um, My son came to work for us. Lo and behold, he loves the restaurant industry too. He got to us um, um, by his own um, growth. Um, He graduated college. He took jobs with other employers. He learned the ropes of showing up and doing things. Then he and somebody's opened a restaurant um, in Covington. They borrowed some money uh, from the SBA. They poured their hearts and souls and all of their energy into it. And it was a terrific restaurant, but it, it didn't make it. One of the uh, proudest moments I had for him in an odd way was uh, when he graduated college, I bought him a car and uh, he sold the car and put the money in the business because mm. the money to do that. And so when they were winding down their business, I said, you know, Jeremy, I need a manager at our store over in Veterans Boulevard. It's fast food. It's not, you know, the full-service restaurant that you've been doing. But if you want to come work for Dad and see if you like it for a little while, you know, I could sure use your help. And now, 10 years later, he's hmm. running the company and is on the verge. And and um, and he earned every inch of it. He he. I had friends that were telling me, "You need to pay your son more. You need to do this and that." And I, I'm I'm not, you know. Um, mean-spirited, but I wanted him to understand how the team advances because this can be a really wonderful restaurant. So he was on the same pay scale as the team and he was promoted and he went to the next pay scale and the next pay scale and so forth. So the blessing is that now he really likes the business Hmm. and, um, and he's demonstrated through the good times and the bad times, that he has the perseverance and the endurance to stand up and do what's right for the business. Um, And so that then gets Melody Dawn and that idea and the legacy for her a little bit further down the road. My daughter, Mercy Grace, um, doesn't really know what she wants to be yet, but it is likely in the artistic area uh, she's very crafty, very talented in things. And the other two daughters, it's music and so forth. So Jeremy is really the yeah. um, the one who's, who stands with the restaurant industry. And so that may be, in fact, how we get this thing. Um, mm. continued. And so that's my goal to, to have it continue to work. But I'm always open. You know, you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. So <laughs> I'm always open to what his plans are.
0: Absolutely. Now, we're getting close to the end of our conversation here. Is there anything that you wanted to make sure you shared today that you didn't get a chance to share?
1: Um, Yes. For anybody who um, has been um, reluctant to spend daily time with the Lord in a meaningful way, I would say, um, remember what I said 15 minutes ago, You can't be the leader you were meant to be apart from God Mm. and that your business won't be the business it was supposed to be if God is not a part of it. So um, it's whether you lead people of faith or no faith, there's nothing in the Christian um, faith. There's nothing in how we treat people when executed that is below what the law requires. In fact, it's higher than what the law requires. So if you are, and I mean the federal government law, okay, it's the highest standard. So if you do those things, you're actually doing more than what you're required to do. You actually have the ability to speak about the Lord, and you can talk about it on a personal basis. Proselytizing is a different thing, but if you reflect as I've done today on what the Lord has been to me, hmm. well, that's okay. You can do that. And, and you'll be surprised at the people who want to know a little bit more about hmm. how that works. So um, start with that. You know, people that say I'm going to die and go to heaven and and, and God bless us all, and we hope that we get there. But if the thing that we're going to do in heaven, if you actually think about what are we going to do in heaven all day long? Um, and if we're supposed to then be praising and worshiping the Lord, um, why don't you get to know him now? Right. I mean, what's going to get off the train? And it's <laughs> like, okay, here's the line for praising and worshiping the Lord. And you don't know much about him yeah. other than you, know, you believe in his word. And now you're here. Well, wouldn't it make sense if you had a relationship with him? It's a game changer. Amen. It's a fat game changer. And um, in, a, in a difficult world that seems sometimes to be spinning out of control, moral relativism, what's truth? There is truth. And if yeah. you spend time with him, you'll get to know what that truth is. And you'll gain confidence in knowing that that is truth. And you don't have to pick a fight, but you have to stand your ground.
0: Mm, that's so good. That's so good. Donald, if people want to follow you, keep up with you, get a copy of your book, what's the best way for them to do all of that?
1: Well, I have a website, DonaldcMore.com. And um, And if someone wants the book, they can order the book from there. When it came out, it was uh, published by ambassador international. Um, it's very hard for um, books, uh, if you don't have what's known as a platform to become bestsellers. So after a year or so you could used to be able to get it at Amazon and at Barnes and Noble and these different things, but I, um, I bought the entire stock back from the publisher. So I have them, uh, stacked. So if someone wants a book, they can go to Donald C com and just, you know, request the book. Um, that's probably the way i used to there's a number of blogs on that website um i intend to begin blogging again the workload for the last three years has been mm-hmm. such that i haven't had the chance to sit and write as much as i have in the past but that's that's forthcoming so that's probably the best way donaldcmore.com.
0: m-o-o-r-e for those of you who want to follow just yeah. make sure that you get that so you get to the right spot um, and then get a copy of the book. I highly recommend it. I've been reading on it a little bit. I'm really inspired. And then Don told me before we got started, he's got another book in him. Um, <laughs> so Don, I'll tell you, I don't know if you know Ron Blue, who's a Christian financial author, but he, when I wrote my first book, he looked at me and he said, I'm so sorry. And I said, what? He goes, I've never known God to call a man to write just one book. And it's the yeah. hardest thing you'll ever do. I'm like, well, Thank you, Ron. I appreciate that. So my words to you as well.
1: I think that's right.
0: Don, it's been a pleasure having you on. My last question is always the same. So I'll ask you today, in three generations, what do you hope your great-grandchildren remember about you?
1: Um. Yeah, I think... Um, I've been journaling for 25 years, 30 years. I think they'll, they'll have a sense of um, m- my walk with Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was worth the journey. Mm-hmm.
0: So beautiful. Don, it's been such a pleasure hearing your story and getting to just talk more about this journey that God's got you on. Um, and thank you for your courage and your authenticity. Um, to speak speak in a world of darkness light. So thank you. Thank you everyone so much for being with us for another episode of Redefining Success. We'll be with you again next time. God bless you. Have a fantastic day. Eric L. Dunivett here. Thank you so much for joining us for Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. If you're a business owner or a family who is actively redefining success or have thoughts on kingdom impact or generational prosperity, and you would like to be a guest on the show, then I invite you to apply. Visit www.ericldunovant.com slash podcast slash apply also if you enjoyed today's episode i would love for you to share that either through text or social media take a screenshot of the show and share that and share what you learned if you know anyone that should be a guest on our show We would also love for you to connect us to them. The best way to do that is to use hashtag redefining success. I love to read your thoughts and shares on social media. And we also are honored just to get any recommendations of people that you think we should be interviewing on the show. We are constantly adding new content, adding new podcasts. So first and foremost, I'm going to recommend that you subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. Also, you all of your likes your reviews your shares all of that makes a big difference to the show so if you'll include those when you can we definitely appreciate it if you'd like to get in touch with me visit www.ericl360.com and all of my connections to social and other ways to get in touch with me are there This is Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist, signing off. Until next time.